in here to chapter 16 and uh, really just wrap the book up this morning with you and then um, get ready to move into uh, some uh, further study starting next week. Obviously, uh, we'll, we'll be talking about that. So let's read verse 25. Now to him that is of power to establish you according to my gospel and the preaching of Jesus Christ, according to the revelation of the mystery which was kept secret since the world began, but now is made manifest, and by the scriptures of the prophets, according to the commandment of the everlasting God, made known to all nations for the obedience of faith. To God only wise be glory through Jesus Christ forever. Amen. And, and again, as Paul is concluding this wonderful foundational book for the believer. And again, Paul doesn't write Romans first. Romans is written later about Acts 20, 21, right in that time frame, uh, time period, uh, more like Acts 21 it, 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 when he's there at Corinth. Uh, uh, I'm, so he doesn't write it right away, but he's been teaching this information all along since day one. Well, how do you know that, Rick? Because this is foundational truth. All right. If you think about it, just real quick, come over to Acts 14. Okay. Acts 14. Just to see, get a flow of this and a thought of this. Because sometimes people say, well, what was Paul teaching, you know, back, you know, when he got started? He was teaching Romans. That's what he's teaching. How do you know? Acts 14. Uh, you start there in verse 21, and we get a, the, the model work of ministry. Here's what the model is. What's he going to do? And when they had preached the gospel to that city and had taught many, they returned again to Lystra and Iconium and to Antioch. So what they do when they go into the city? First thing, see, un see lost get saved. That's what you do. You preach the gospel. Verse 22, confirming the souls of the disciples and exhorting them to continue in the faith. Okay, so now what? Well, not only did we see them get saved, back up in verse 21, and taught many. Then we exhort them to do what? Continue in what we just... So, but what was he teaching them? Romans doctrine. Why? Because that's foundational doctrine. He's not over here teaching them Ephesians doctrine. He's not teaching them earthly ministry of Jesus Christ. He's way beyond reasoning with them that Christ, that they cru Jesus that they crucified is the Christ. He's way beyond that because he's dealing with the believers here, members of the body of Christ. So Romans foundationally, again, sets that foundation for the new believer. So when you come here to Romans 16, uh, by the way, that passage in uh, Acts 14, the next verses, so you get lost people saved, you get them edified, you establish a local church, and then you expand. That's, that's the model, okay? And uh, again, that's where, where you're headed. And uh, Paul did it quickly. It's amazing to me that it takes some people a few years to figure the you know to get going, but Paul does it very quickly, and uh, that's just the 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 wonderful working of God's grace in people's lives when they just simply believe the doctrine and they're not trying they're not coming with the hidden agenda and aren't trying to argue it down, they just take it boom this is the truth and off you go. When we come now to Acts six, Romans sixteen verse twenty seven. And again, we see the language that Paul uses here in verse 27. To God only wise be glory through Jesus Christ forever. Amen. And we've looked at that issue 
where the ulti- ultimately he is the only wise God. And again, Paul's not saying to, to you know, he's not saying he's the only wise God here in, 16, in verse 27. What he's saying is, is to God, only wise. And the, the emphasis there is that it allows for others to come up and say, I'm just as wise or wiser than God. And we looked at the issue of Satan says that, and man says that, Romans 1. So when, he comes, when we come here, and, and, and the, the, the whole of it in verse 25 and verse 26, ultimately it, it says he's the only wise God. Why? Man failed, Satan failed. And in God's wisdom, what did he do? He allowed Satan to do the dirty work. And then at the end, he says, I win, you lose. And he doesn't have, so we have this, our imagination runs to this, God had this huge plan, blah, blah, to blow Satan out of the sky. And he really didn't. What did he do? He just kept a secret. He just kept some information hid in himself. So here, as he brings Romans to an end, what is God, what is Paul, God through Paul demonstrating that through his purpose vested in the Lord Jesus Christ, that everlasting commandment of God, that he's the only wise God, ultimately. In the end here, to, to be glory, uh, I'm sorry, the only wise God, be glory through Jesus Christ. For how long? Forever. Now, that's going to be the natural link to Ephesians. We're going to get there in just a minute. However, in the book of Romans, after Romans, what's the next verse? 1 Corinthians 1.1. 1, 1. Well, wait a minute. What's going on in 1 Corinthians? Why isn't in Ephesians next? Well, that's not how the, 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 the books are laid out. So as we come to a conclusion of verse 27, we have a natural bridge to the book of Ephesians. However... We also have had a natural link to 1 Corinthians, 2 Corinthians, and Galatians back up there in verse 17. 16, 17. Now I beseech you, brethren, mark them which cause divisions and offenses contrary to the doctrine which ye have learned, and avoid them. And then he goes down about the good words and the fair speeches, and the fact that verse 20, the first time mentioned Satan. You come over into 1 Corinthians 1, and you get over there in verse 10. And what, do we, what does he hear? What does he say? There be no divisions among you. I hear that there's divisions and, and no divisions, see? What, so there's a natural response here. And literally in Corinthians, in, the, in chapter 1, in chapter 3, Paul is going to identify four major sects within sections, divisions within the, the church there. And all of them, all of these divisions is going to be as a result of the Corinthians placing greater value on human wisdom than God's wisdom, see. Thus the connection with 1627, to God only wise. So when we get into Corinthians, what's going to happen? (laughs) It's going to be this great battle against human wisdom, Satan wisdom, the lie program, and God's wisdom, and the fact that it has... It, by good words and fair speeches, is what? It's sucked them away. It's drawn them away. They'll say, Apollos, we want Apollos to be our preacher. Why? Because he's eloquent. He's smooth. We don't want Paul. He's rude. He's, he, he's contemptible. Look, bodily presence is all, you know, just, the dude doesn't even wear a tie. You know, he just, 
the whole thing, right? <laughs> that reminds me, I, I said that. <laughs> we were on baseline, and one Wednesday night, we're teaching away. And on Wednesday night, I'm usually in jeans and a polo shirt because I had been working all day and come right from work, driving the bus or whatnot. So we had a couple come in, and he's in a shirt, tie, suit, and she's in a dress. Oh, and we're sitting, he's sitting, and I'm teaching. And about three-quarters of he just gets up. That ain't Bible and storms out, and she's right behind him. I'm like, okay, well, we're, we're going, you know. But subsequently, about a week later, I get an email from the guy through the website, and he's like, you know, for a preacher, you ought to be dressed a whole lot better preaching the word than just, in a, you know, and I'm like, oh, really? So I emailed him back and said, can I have the verse for that, please? And you know where he took me? Old Testament. The priestly garb and all that's. And I said, well, you know, it's a wonderful thing that we're not living underneath that because you couldn't even do that. And he just, I never heard back from him, which is fine. But the thing is, is what they're going after human wisdom. Verse 18, for they that are such serve not our Lord Jesus, well, 16, 18, but their own belly. And by good words and fair speeches deceive the hearts of the simple. There's first, we're going to see that that's 1 Corinthians. They're going to get in there and they're going to go after the eloquent rather than the truth. Verse 20, and the God of peace shall bruise Satan under your feet shortly. There, we're going to see that's going to end up being 2 Corinthians. Because in 2 Corinthians, in every second epistle, there's more information about the satanic policy of evil against the church, the body of Christ, or, by the way, also the little flock, the 2 Peter, and, and then the 2 John and so forth. Than anywhere else. So when we and you got Second Corinthians, Second Thessalonians, great description in Second Thessalonians of the Antichrist, and then you get Second Timothy, and here's the church off in apostasy, completely, totally in the day of Paul. Paul says, "You want church history? You don't need to buy the books. Here's what's going to happen." Bam, and it's been going since the day of Paul. So when we come in to the end here, it's preparing us for. The next area, all right? Now, run over to 2 Timothy 3, verse 16 and 17, just so we remind ourselves as we're going to do this. And, and we got to do it quickly, but yet I want this to be, I told Ricky, label this Romans, the conclusion. So I don't want to blend this. So 2 Timothy 3, 16, what does he say? All Scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine right then what reproof and then correction and you need all three to get the instruction in righteousness you can't have one without the other you need all of it by the way within each of Paul's epistles you will see doctrine reproof and correction in all of his epistles while the overwhelming theme of Corinthians is going to be reproof, you're going to get the doctrine, how to fix it, the correcting, how to fix it, or what we're going to fix it based on, and then off you go. So it's fascinating, even within the epistles themselves, they follow this pattern. So Romans, Romans is the first book of doctrine. And it's going to be the doctrine of the cross and the issue of the doctrine of grace. Now, what we're going to see here 
He's going to lay those four pillars out, you know, the four justification, sanctification, dispensational studies, issues, and then the grace application. All right? He lays that in. Then the next book is the Corinthians and the Galatians. By the way, reproof, bad behavior, correction, bad doctrine. How do we fix it? How do we answer it? Why is it there? This is what it looks like, okay? But what 1627 is going to do for us is, by the way, children is the maturity level of those two groups. My little, if I've labored, my little, you know, boom, and now is it wasn't my labor in vain with you. You're acting like children. Time to smack you around and go up. All right? Now, Ephesians is the next book of doctrine. And it's going to talk to us about the church. It's going to talk to us about the goal. Why is he doing it? But then we have Philippians, and then we have Colossians. By the way, these are adults. They're perfect. They've grown up. They've matured. The problem is, is what have they done? <laughs> they still got a little bad behavior because I know a lot of adults that grow up and never quit being what? Children in certain areas, okay? And then they've gotten some bad doctrine and so forth. But what I want, boy, that's a lousy piece of chalk. But what I want you to see is here with the, the end of Ephesians is not everybody needs to go to Corinthians or Galatians, they are literally ready to advance to Ephesians. Are you with me? Six, verse, chapter 16, verse 27 of Romans becomes not only a natural bridge into the Corinthians and Galatians, but it becomes a natural bridge into the book of Ephesians. Because sometime, some will have no need for the reproof and the correction. Okay? But ready, what are they ready to do? Move to the next level. By the way, the next level of doctrine is the book of Thessalonians. And when we get to there in about 30 years we'll see that there the thing is about the coming and the glory, and there are no books of reproof and correction on that doctrine because where are we? In glory. Perfect. Complete. Okay? And then you've got Timothy and Titus and Philemon, and that's how the local church is going to be while, he's, while, we, while the Lord tarries and we work. <laughs> this is what we're doing. So, what I need you, what I want to show you, go with you this morning and look at is not everybody's going to go, need to go to Corinthians and Galatians. All right? Look at verse 25. Now him, to him that is of power to what? To establish you. There will be some that are ready to move, that are established and ready to move to the advanced doctrine, they don't need the reproof and the correction at the moment. All right? Now, we do need the books of Corinthians and Galatians 
to f be able to fix some areas that do come up because when you move into, you know, sometimes you trip up and stub your toe and say the wrong word. And then when that happens, then, okay, let's work that out. So he first provides the doctrine to restore, to set up that foundation. And again, you have to understand, I hope you understand, I hope you think about this. God is well aware of the human condition and the need to be able to correct the bad, whether it's behavior or doctrine, okay? And, and we need to understand that we do sometimes need to come along and restore ourselves back to where we need to be. It's just a fact of life. I'll tell you what, look, look over at Ephesians 4. I, I wasn't going to spend a lot of time on this because we're going to move, naturally we're going to move into 1 Corinthians, okay, because it's the next book. But I want you to understand, you don't necessarily have to, see. There's a thought out there amongst, uh, Ephesians 4, there's a thought out there amongst some that you have to go Rome, in order to be developed. You don't. If you're established in the four pillars and you've got that down and that's what's dictating life for you and that's what's influencing your thinking, then you don't need to go over there and be told you're a babe carnal in the flesh because you're not that. See, you're ready to go over here now and let's reap some glory. <laughs> let's reap some bigger picture, okay? Look at Ephesians 4. Look at verse 17. Just notice this verse here thinking about you know, this. This I say, therefore, and testify in the Lord that ye henceforth walk not as other Gentiles walk in the vanity of their mind, having, and so forth. You see that, that ye? Who's the ye? The, well, specifically, historically, it's the church at Ephesus. Broaderly, it's who? The church, the body of Christ. So notice what Paul is writing to an advanced doctrine, church, moving, growing, boom, What's going on there? There's some of them doing what? Walking like Gentiles. They're not walking in Romans 6, 7, and 8. They're walking in Romans 1. You see that? So if the great church at Ephesus, where Paul spent the most of his time at, some of those folks can kind of get drift away, then guess what I know? It can happen to, well, you. Okay. No, you and I, right? See, that was a joke. It's just Sunday morning. Come on now. I haven't had you all week. Let's go, you know. <laughs> you know why sons like Father's Day? Because it's on Sunday. <laughs> okay? All right, there you go. Uh, boom. All right? See, you got enliven you guys up. Let's go, you know. But see, the, so come back to Romans 16. That, that's really what you need. I, I want you to kind of grab, I want you to see is this comparison here between the end of Romans and how he moves us into the book of Ephesians. When we find the design, we're following God's pro that proper design, that according to, that's going to lead us to maturity and growth and the edifying, then we don't need to dwell in the book of Corinthians and Galatians. Now, it's, now I'm not saying don't know what's going on in there and study it, but that is, it's not really talking about you. It's talking about someone who's what? Kind of drifted away. So then what do we need to do? Well, if I'm established, let's move to the next level. You know, if, I'm, if I take classes at 101, let's move, the 10, let's move to 201, see. Let's move along here. So, Romans 16, 27. 
written for those who are established and can naturally advance to the next level of edification. By the way, Romans takes us back to Adam. All right? Come over. Ephesians takes us before Adam. It's very interesting. As we, the wonderful wisdom of God on display. Romans first fixes, come over to um, Ephesians 1. Romans first fixes our current, hum, the human condition in the moment. You're a sinner. But then he provides the answer for that condition. And that's Calvary, Romans 5. By the way, you got Ephesians 1, Abdul. Flip back to Romans 5. I'm sorry. I, I, I had a donut and two cups of coffee this morning. I should never have had the donut, but it looks so good. And I'm on a diet, and I'm, lo- I'm right there, you know, but I should, and uh, man, it's like sugar-free carry comes, you know. <laughs> I, need a sh- I need a shirt, sugar-free, you know, boom. Look at Romans 5. And actually, I'm not. I, I've cut all that out, so it's hitting a, you know, now I know why I didn't like it. And a while, you know, it's like, ooh, but it looks so good, you know. It just said, hey, let's talk. Look at Romans 5, verse 12. Wherefore, as by one man sin entered into the world, and death by sin, and so death passed upon all men, for that are all of sin. Where where did Paul just take you back to? Genesis 3, right? Adam. Paul takes takes us back. He goes back to 2 Corinthians 4, when when God called the light out of the darkness. Genesis 1. So he takes us back to Adam. Now look at Ephesians 1. Ephesians 1. Okay. So what Romans does is... Here's your condition, and here's the fix, Calvary. You're a sinner, but God committed his love toward us, and that why we were yet sinners? What? Christ died for us. Fixes that human condition. Now what Ephesians is going to do is it's going to advance us to let us not just go back to Adam in our thinking, but now let's go back into eternity past and see... Let's go back to eternity past before the human condition is what it is. And let's see that wonderful wisdom of God on display. Ephesians 1, look at verse 4. According as he hath chosen us in him, where? Before the foundation of the world. You see, not only do we need to appreciate the wisdom on display in, in, in Romans and what he's doing for you and I, and again, we can't accelerate your, I can't accelerate your growth in that, all right? That's the, that's the Holy Spirit's job, and that's your job where you will it. You let it happen. You, you know, if you're led of the Spirit, you get out of the way and let the Spirit work in you, the Word working in you, okay? So when you have to start in Romans, get the, all of that laid in, all right? You don't start in Ephesians, and I know there's... We like to spend time in the book of Ephesians because what it's wonderful. But I have to have Romans, my foundation. Okay? And now I, I have that. I'm established, and now I can move into 
further growth. Come back with me to the book of Romans. Just, I just want, it just, <clears throat> Romans 3. Romans 3. Because what I, I want you to notice something here. Of what Romans has do, done to us, and now what Ephesians is going to do. Again, Romans 16, 27 is a tremendous doxology. To, pra dox, doxo, to praise, all right? A shout of praise to those that are established. You're established. Now let's look to Ephesians and let's move on. See? You're, sta you're ready to go. Well, not all of you are, so let's get Corinthians and Galatians fixed. But where are we headed? We're headed to Ephesians. Romans 3, verse 24. Being justified freely, again, freely, Grace word. Being justified freely by His grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. Notice that. God's simple, freely. God takes the believer and has them understand something here. That justification is not an earned reward, is it? Not at all. It's what? It's a free gift. Okay? When Paul addresses God's grace. We begin to learn in the book of Romans what we get out of it. Okay? What he has provided freely for who? For you and I. What, what do I get? See, Paul, Paul in Romans says, here's your benefit package. Here's your, he's doing this for your benefit. So guess what I can do? Learn it, love it, enjoy it, live in it. Romans 5, access it, get into it, see. Now, what Ephesians is going to do with us, he's going to continue talking about the exceeding riches of God's grace, but rather, he says, all right, you see Romans, you see all the benefits you get? Now, as adults, look at the benefits he gets. And there's going to be a change in the tone here. You see what you get because of Calvary and because of the answer and what you're in him. Look at your benefit. You're justified freely. Chapter 5 of Romans there, verse 1. What did he say? Therefore, being justified by faith, we have what? Peace with God. You're at peace now. You started at wrath, 118. Now the result. You see what you get? And isn't that what a child does? What do I get? What do I get? Where's my gift? Where's my present? What do I get? I don't, I want it. You don't want, no. I need it. Yeah. But, but what does an adult do? See, ad adult thinking here. Paul moves us in, in Ephesians that as we uh, advance and as we learn and as we look at what the son gets because of all this and we begin to see what the father gets because of the wise plan. And there's literally a shift here that's going to happen. You see, like Romans 5 here, God delights to tell us what we get. He loves doing that. Look, look at there. He said, uh, verse uh, 2, By whom also we have access by faith into this grace wherein we stand and rejoice in the hope of the glory. He loves telling us what we get. 
He loves that. Why? It brings him glory. It bring, but yet in Ephesians, Ephesians says, grow up. Or it's time to grow up. And let's look at what the Godhead is going to get here. What they get because of his grace. So we need to do what? Grow up and advance. Out of Romans and into the realm of Ephesians. And we need to start thinking like an adult. And again, 5.1 here, what does he say? We have some access. We have act, but verse 2, we have access by faith into this grace wherein we what? We stand. The fr- Where do we stand? We stand by faith in his what? His grace. But what is his grace? It's that free gift principle. Grace has nothing to do with what you deserve or not deserve. It has nothing to do with what you do or don't do. See? And what do we do? We learn in Romans to do what? Stand in that. See? I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that ye present yourselves. That who? You're thinking. You see, grace is where we're going to st- we stand in it. So, who, by, by the way, who's the benefit in, in 5.2? You and I are, see. And in Romans, we learn that. Basic concept of grace, the free gift. Now, come over to Ephesians. And let's just kind of take the half hour or so or whatever's left here this morning and just look at what's bouncing back and forth here. Ephesians 1, again, it's time to grow up. It's time to move on. It's time to advance in the edification design. Okay? Now, by the way, at the end of, in, 16, in Romans 16, verse 27, to God only wise, be what? Be glory. And he's going to pick that, that be glory through Jesus Christ. That's the pickup here that moves us into uh, Ephesians. Verse 3, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who hath blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ. Now, this is going to be the Father's activity. By the way, in Ephesians 1, you see the Father's plan, His activity in, within that plan. Then you see the Son's activity within that plan. And you see the Holy Spirit's activity within that plan. So who do I see in Ephesians 1? The Godhead at work, in the plan, doing it, moving it, produce, you know, pushing it, preaching it, getting it out there. Okay? Verse 5. Having, uh, well, let's just read verse 4. So, according as he hath chosen us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before him in love. Having predestinated us under the adoption of children by Jesus Christ to himself according to the good pleasure of his will. Now, that, these verses are all loaded, and I'm not gonna, I don't really want to get into all the doctrine in them just yet, even though I'm probably going to do that, okay? <laughs> I, I don't want to be bogged down here, but I, I need you to see. Now, who, in Romans, we get the praise. Who's getting the praise here now? The Father is. The Godhead is. Notice it's according to the good pleasure of His will. Verse 6, to the praise of the glory of His grace. 
See, so the focus is shifting here. And the shift here is there. Verse 6, you've got his, to the praise of the glory of his grace, wherein he hath made us accepted in the beloved. In whom? So it's his grace, his will, his praise. It's now all about what the Father is getting here. What the Father is going to benefit from. Because what are we? We're in this advanced. We're, we're talking about the church at corporate level. But we're talking about the goal. Why is God doing what he's doing today? He, well, he's got a plan. And it's all for his glory. Verse 7 in whom we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins, according to the riches of his grace. And again, we learn in Romans that we benefit from this. But here the benefit is him. It's his. He's going to take a... Verse 7 takes us beyond the basics. And now it highlights the magnitude of the riches of. His grace. He doesn't use that terminology in Romans, by the way. It's just His grace or grace. This, But now we're going to see the riches of His grace. And we're going to, again, can grace get any better? Well, apparently, yes, it can. Because, and it's, by the way, it's going to get much better. <laughs> All right? And that's what Ephesians is going to do for us. It's going to focus in on the riches of His grace and that's going to lead us, like the verse 18, to the eyes of your understanding being, uh, being enlightened, that ye may know what is the hope of his calling. By the way, the hope of his calling, not your calling. Whose calling is this? His calling, see? What are he's doing? And what the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints. Whose inheritance? Not yours. You, you get yours in verse 11. And also, we have obtained an inheritance. Now we're going to see what? His inheritance. Where? In you. You know why you're so valuable to the Father? Why you're so valuable to the Godhead? It's because you're the instruments. You're, going to, you're the human instruments He's going to use to reclaim the heavenly places. He can't afford to lose you. So what does He do? He seals you up. <laughs> Bear hugs you. Says, you're mine. <laughs> And you ain't lose, ain't, you know, never get out of it. See? So in Ephesians, what the riches of his glory, that overwhelming wealth, not just being justified unto eternal life. By the way, that's rich. Okay? But now it's what is his grace, that, that magnitude of something deeper here. What is his grace accomplishing? Not only for us, but for the Godhead. We're good to go. We got Romans. We see it. And we're thankful for it. But man, Ephesians says, okay, we're not going to go back to Adam. We're going to go before Adam. We're going to move out ahead of time, back in eternity past, and see this great plan devised here. Verse, 11, verse uh, 9, having made known unto us the mystery of his will according to his good pleasure. See, his good pleasure? Whose good pleasure? Not yours. His. The purpose of his will, not your will, his will. See, it, it, the, the, by the way, I know it's a big thing today about the pronouns, but the pronouns are clearly needed here. So you understand who he's not talking about. He's talking about you, but he's really focusing in on you and who? In Christ and the riches there. See, 
Again, Romans 16, 27, don't leave Ephesians. It's the, it's, it's the same to God only wise that did, that, that did it by keep, he accomplished all this by keeping a secret, letting Satan go do all the dirty work. And then he looks over and he reveals it to Paul. Remember when we went through that stuff about who and, and when, those questions and the revelation of the mystery, and we looked at Paul, and I tried to show you that when Paul, Paul says, they're going to reveal his son in me, not by me, not through me, not with me, but in me. So you see it in Paul first. Here he is now. Time to move forward. Chapter 2 of Ephesians. Chapter 2, this exceeding riches, 2-7, 2-7, that in the ages to come, he might show the exceeding riches of his grace and his kindness towards us through Christ Jesus. By the way, again, nothing in Romans about exceeding riches or exceeding grace. See, this is next level. We've up again grace, God's capacity to treat and view anyone independent of their act, your activity. What not, it doesn't matter what you're trying to do. We're now moving to the next level. Again, you're in two seven. What do we have? Exceeding riches. Back there in one eighteen, the riches of the glory. If you come down in chapter 3 and verse 8, unto me who am less than the least of all saints, is this grace given that I should preach among the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ? Verse 16 of chapter 3, that he would grant you according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with might by his spirit in the inner man. By the way, the, one of the key words in Ephesians is that word rich. From riches. It's one of those key words. You, you ought to sometimes pay attention to the words Paul uses, like in Philippians, the issue of joy. Rejoice again. And I say what? Rejoice, rejoice in the Lord every morning. Again, I say what? Rejoice. Joy. It's all through the book of Philippians. You've got to pay attention to that. Now, we lead, now we're going to begin to learn about the rich magnitude that, I, had, I wrote this down, that hyper generosity of His grace. It's grace on steroids now. It's always been grace on steroids, but we just didn't learn that in Romans. Now I'm established. I've got my foundations in. My stuff's poured. It's cured. I'm ready to go build. And I don't, have, I don't need Corinthians and Galatians at the moment. I can move right over here to Ephesians. And I can go to work. And I can get into it. Come back here in Ephesians uh, chapter 1 again. 1627, to God only wise be glory. Now glory, that brings us to the riches of his grace and to the riches of his glory. 1.6, just to the praise of the glory of his grace. Verse 12, that we should be to the praise of his glory who first trusted in Christ. Verse 14, which is the earnest of our inheritance until the redemption of the purchased possession unto the 
praise of his glory. Verse 17, that the God of our Lord, Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, the one that birthed glory, the plan's called glory. He gave birth to a glory plan way back. I'm thinking about Father's Day. He gives birth to the to the this this plan. He labeled it Father, or labeled it Father, labeled it glory, and he does it where before the foundation of the world. Yesterday in the men's fellowship, we were talking we talking about the Godhead, and we're, and and so forth. And you go back before Genesis one one, and they have an agreement. And this agreement is to go work this plan. And as the, as the plan is laid out, the Father doesn't direct the Son and the Holy Spirit. The Son pops up and says, I want to do that. And the language all through Paul, all through Scripture is, I lay down my life. I take it up. Philippians 2, he humbled himself. No one commanded him to do it. He did it. What did he do? The Father says, hey, guys, I got a plan. What do you think? And they got, the Holy Spirit says, well, I'll do that. And the Son says, I'll do that. And guess what? He goes, okay, great. Then let's go do it. And you know what the first thing to do? In the beginning, God created. We've got to have a creation to do that. Why? To the praise of his glory. The fa- verse 17, the Father of glory may give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of him. And again, verse 18 there, the, the riches of what and what the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the in the saints so the stable believer is able is in is in reality able to move on to the the details of the doctrine contained within the book of Ephesians which has to do with the glory of the exceeding riches of his grace but what do we have to do we got a slight delay because some of you need Corinthians and Galatians. That's okay. That's what they're there for. So we move there. Okay? Come back to Romans 5. And hold on to Ephesians. Romans 5. And verse 14. Romans 5.14. I said this a minute ago. I put it up on the board a little early. But we'll look at it here. We have time. Romans 5.14. Yeah, 5.14. Nevertheless, death reigned from Adam to Moses, even over them that had not sinned after the similitude of Adam's transgression, who is the figure of him that was to come. Death passed, uh, verse 12, Wherefore is by one man sin entered into the world, death by sin, and so death passed upon all men, for that all have sinned. There's the trouble, right? Who did it start with? The first man. started with Adam. Okay? You go back into Genesis and you learn about the creation of Adam. But in 1 Corinthians, what does Paul say? You remember? Jesus came and he is the second Adam. He's the second man. Remember that? So what do we have? We're learning in Romans. We got a, the condition of man is bad news. And yet, what did God do? He established a second man, second Adam. So he took us back to who? To Adam. Now, again, Ephesians 1, verse 4, where do we go? We go back before the foundation of the world. 
And we can only go back before the foundation, Ephesians 1.4, if we're what? Established. You, have, you can't do that. Oh, but Rick, it's such great study. I didn't say it wasn't. I'm not saying don't go study it. But in the, the design that according to the proper design uh, that God laid out, that pr process, the divine design, is not for you to jump here and jump there and jump over here and jump into 1 Thessalonians 4 because I need to know about the rapture. Yeah. I didn't say, no, go study it, but that's not the design. What's the design? Get that foundation down. And then once you got that down, and by the way, you don't always get it all down the first time through. So what are you doing? You're constantly renewing your mind. I was going through Romans 6 just the other day with some folks, and I saw a couple things. I was like, oh, wow, look at that. <laughs> you know, I've read that verse before. You know, wow, I didn't think about it that way. You know, and, 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 talk, you know, and so it's like, wow. That's a great way to illustrate that. By the way, Romans 6, what I caught, I'll just tell you. Romans 6, you learn your position, okay? You're dead to sin, but you're alive in God. You, know ye not, because you're justified, here's your position in Christ, your identity. Now, if you think about a baseball team, whose uniform do you put on? You put on that uniform, don't you? Growing up, when we were in high school, on game day, you were not allowed, you were required to wear a shirt and tie if you were on the team. If you rode the bench, what were you in? Shirt and tie. Why? Because it distinguished you out. See, that's Romans 6. Sin doesn't have dominion over you. Why? Because I'm this, I'm not that anymore. I'm sitting there looking, I'm like, wow, that's a great way to illustrate that, you know? And, oh, by the way, if you got in trouble on game day in shirt and tie, you didn't play the game. And our coach, our basketball coach, he benched our All-American because the kid got cocky with the teacher and got sent to the dean's office. He said, I told you. I don't care. And, and sure enough, he didn't even dress for the game. And we got pounded. <laughs> You know, well, and so then everybody else was now what? Dude, you behave, <laughs> you know. Well, it, you know, peer pressure kicked in. Why? Be, so if I'm over here and, and I'm wearing the uniform of Christ, if you will, then what am I going to pay attention to? How I'm behaving, what I'm doing. And that really gets down in chapter 6 of verse 11 there where I'm going to reckon it to be so, and I'm going to, then 12 and 13, I'm going to yield my members the right way, see. So you never get out of learning coming out of Romans, okay? But what, what, do I, what do you have? You've got that stability of that foundation laid in there that you're not worried about somebody coming along and saying, you've got to work to get saved. No, go, go away. Or work to stay saved. No, go away. See, you're, you're able to brush off those initial attacks by the adversary, okay? Now, you're in Ephesians 1. Watch this. <coughs> the point here, and Ephesians is going to be, what did God do before Genesis 1.1? And Ephesians is going to take the adult back to before the day, that day of creation. To God only wise, God's wisdom isn't manifested sim to simply provide 
the answer to man's condition. That's good. But his wisdom was manifested back before. It, it was formulated and developed before Adam was created. That's one four, okay? Was ever created. And that's really what Ephesians is going to take us to in our setting. Look at verse 5, Ephesians 1, 5. Having, what's that word? Predestinated. Ooh, boy, watch them hop. Predestinated. Boom, boom, boom. Well, the word defines itself, doesn't it? Pre, before, destiny, determinate, uh, uh, predetermined. You see, God predetermined to do something before he ever said, let there be, and created. See? That's what having predestinated us, who's the us? The church, the body of Christ, those in Christ, those that are standing on Romans doctrine, those who understand we are not Israel in any manner, shape, way, or form, that we are the body. That means you've understand Romans 9, 10, and 11. See, someone who's standing on Romans doctrine would never say this is him choosing us in Christ way before the found to be saved unto eternal life. When Romans 1, 2, and 3, and 4 says you are guilty as guilty is, and you're a sinner as a sinner is, and you need an answer. You see, you would never say that if you're founded on Romans doctrine. Ephesians isn't going to repeat Romans. It's going to say because you understand this, look at what he did before he created. He determined to do something with you and I before. Look at verse 11. In whom also we have obtained an inheritance, being, I love that, being, present tense, by the way, this is who you be. Remember Romans 5.1? Therefore, being justified. I be what? I be justified. Guess what I be? <laughs> I ha have obtained being what? predestinated according to the purpose of him who worketh all things after the counsel of his own will. He, he predetermined back over here that he was going to take this church, the body of Christ people, those who willingly come and trust in his son, and he's going to give them an inheritance, and that inheritance ends up being the heavenly places. He didn't predetermine who goes to heaven. Okay? He doesn't, he, do, he didn't predetermine, he, I'm, I was a school bus driver, still am at heart. I see him drive by and I go, oh, and then I see him with the kids and I go, yay, okay, cool, <laughs> you know, all right. The school district predetermined my bus route. They never predetermined that I would drive the bus because that was called open bidding and we had to bid on them. Okay, What God said was God predetermined that there would be a bus, but he never predetermined who got on the bus. He just said the bus is empty, there's a lot of room, come on and get on board. And this is how you're going to do it, by the way, and it's by faith. You, you follow, okay? Another great illustration I am borrowing from another brother. Why? Because, that, by the way, the, you know what the bus, the bus has a name? He's, it's called the Lord Jesus Christ. I predetermined 
to have the bus there. Anyone can board the bus. By the way, it's a free gift. It's by faith. There's no charge. There's plenty of room for everyone to board. But you have to decide to get on. And that's a decision by faith. You follow that? See, Ephesians is going, you're here. We're going over here now. Up. Get Romans 6 and get... Uh, hold and, and, and hold on to Ephesians. Now we got to do this quickly here. Romans 6, look at verse 3. Romans 6, 3. Know ye not that so many of us as were baptized into Jesus Christ were baptized into his death? So what are we learning here? We're identified with his what? Death. All right. Therefore, we are buried with him by baptism into death. Now we're learning about the burial. Okay, Verse 5. For if we have been planted together in the likeness of his death, we shall be also in the likeness of his resurrection. So what are we learning here? We're learning of the co- our co-identity in his death, burial, and resurrection. When he died, I died. When he was buried, I was buried. When he rose, I was risen. Rose. I rose. Okay? That identity. Know ye not. Don't you need to know this? And literally, 3 to 10, he lays in, this is what you ought to be knowing. And verse 11, 12, and 13, here's the application of it. You need to be applying this to your life. Now, come over to Ephesians 2. Ephesians 2. And verse 5. Because now it's time to grow up. Now we're going to move next level. Ephesians 2, 5. Even when we were dead in sins, hath quickened us together with Christ, for by grace ye are saved. Quicken. What? Resurrection. Alive. Verse 6. And hath raised us up together, and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Do you see? He, just, he, didn't, he doesn't just leave you in Romans 6 as resurrected. Where did he just take you? Whew. Seated. Together. By the way... All of that is present tense. It's a present possession. In God's mind, where are you? You're already seated in, together in heavenly places. Now, in reality, we're sitting down here. In that song we sing, when my faith was made sight. I got faith. But in God's mind, Romans 4, he's already, we're already seated there. Man, what a way to live life, isn't it? Already seated in the heavenly places. Man, way to think about life. Because life right now is really weird. It's going to get weirder. And it's like, man. Romans 12. Hold on. So Ephesians moves. See, I want you to catch. I hope you catch. Ephesians is moving you on up to the east side. You know? <laughs> moving you on up. You know, that old song, you know, okay. Uh, Romans 12. I won't do the all in Archie Bunker. And, well, I can. I can do a good Archie, but... Anyway, Romans 12, look at verse 1. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that ye present your bodies a, what? Living sacrifice. See that? Holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. Hold on to that. Hold on to Romans 12. Look at Ephesians 5. A living sacrifice. We are to present our bodies a living sacrifice. Living sacrifice mentality. That's living in Romans 6, 7, and 8 all the time, not just when it's convenient. Look at Ephesians 5. Look at verse 2. 
and walk in love as Christ also hath loved us and hath given himself for us, an offering and a what? Sacrifice, but to who? To God for a sweet-smelling Savior. You see, we're moving to the next level of understanding that who's the real sacrifice here? Christ was. But who, did he, who, who was he sacrificing himself to? To God, see? Romans 12, verse 2. And be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. You're in Ephesians 5. Look back at chapter 4, verse 23. And be renewed in the spirit of your mind. Chapter 5, verse 10. Uh, by the way, Romans 12 there says that ye may prove what is that will of God. Look at Romans 5, verse 10. Proving what is acceptable unto the Lord. The will of God issue. Verse 17. Wherefore, be ye not unwise, but understanding what the will of the Lord is. What is it? It's chapter 1, verse 9 and 10. It's chapter 6 and verse 6. But as the servants of Christ, doing the will of God from the heart. Man, when you function as who you are, based on that grounding of Romans, but moving into the upper decks of the edification process in Ephesians, you're going to have a completely different mindset about work and your relationships. Cha uh, Romans, uh, next chapter, 13. 13 verse, uh, well, verse 12, there it is. The night is far spent, the day is at hand. Let us therefore cast off the works of darkness and let us put on the armor of light. Ephesians chapter 5 says, ye are the children of light. Ephesians 6, you've got the whole armor of God. Put it on. Get dressed. So when you come back to Romans 16, as verse 27, the doxology, to God only wise be glory through Jesus Christ. For how long? Forever. Amen. It's very clear. Romans gets us, estab gets established. And if we are, then we can naturally grow and transition and move into the book of Ephesians at a next level of doctrine. But if we're not, and we're still kind of tossed to and fro and just unstable, you know, and that child just starts to walk, <laughs> and they're learning to pull themselves up, and mom goes through and cleans all the stuff out about knee-high, you know, <laughs> clean it all up, then we need to move not forward into Ephesians, but rather we need to, to move into whether it's reproof for bad behavior or correction, bad doctrine, into those books. Okay? Now, we're going to start with 1 Corinthians next week. That's the plan, unless I get an itch and we do something else. Okay? That's the plan. But we're doing that not that you need it, but rather I think we need to understand some of that so as we see it, as we grow, hey, maybe you do need it. Okay? And that's fine. That's what the books are there for. But as we move, okay, we're going to see again that wonderful wisdom of God as he's going to deal with some things that are going on behavioral-wise. 
And the bad behavior is a result of going after human wisdom and not God's wisdom. Then you come over to Galatians, and they're mixing law and grace. So guess where they're at again? Human wisdom, not God's wisdom. See? So we're going to feather all that out, okay? And it'll take us 10 years to do all that. So just buckle in. None of you can die. None of you can go home to be with the Lord. You got to, no, I'm just kidding. Get promoted. It's okay. <laughs> or actually, Lord, come quick. <laughs> okay? All right? So I hope you catch the, the gist here of the end of Romans. There's a natural link into the next. Okay? All right. Dear Father, we thank you for the morning, Lord. We thank you for your word. And above all, Lord, we just thank you for your wisdom, for the magnitude of that and the ability to, to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth, the length, the depth, and the height, and to know the love of Christ. And to give you the praise and the glory in our lives on a daily basis as we, as we live that all out in our lives. And we put on display that in our lives to those around us. In your name we pray. Amen. All right. Be back here at 11.